Hey y'all, you're listening to the Shawana Speaks podcast and we are in our moms series. Moms is an abbreviation that stands for mothers on a mission to succeed. And throughout this series, you can expect to hear from amazing women that are making major moves in their careers and or business. And some of them are actually doing both. What I want to encourage all my listeners to do is to hear not just their success stories, but their struggle stories. I believe through authenticity and vulnerability, we are able to make connections through our journeys of parenthood. Some of us became parents at a young age and some of us became parents older. But the one thing that we can agree on is that parenting is a journey. It's a process and I am excited to talk about the different processes that we're all experiencing, finding those similarities and identifying the differences and making a community where we can all learn and grow together so without further ado let's get into this week's episode with my amazing special guest and hopefully you not only enjoy this episode but you learn from it as well let's get into it right now hey y'all welcome back to another episode of the shawana speaks podcast of course i am your host shawana and we are still in our mom series but it is the week of love valentine's day is wait wednesday thursday i can't remember however i wanted to drop a valentine's day edition of the podcast um so this week your host is also your special guest so i'm going to be talking not just about love y'all but um talking about the journey and as y'all see the title of this episode is called this is not that and um I really just want to talk about the journey of love and my journey of not just being in love with a person but also falling in love with myself and the beauty and self-discovery and y'all this has been a 10-year journey so um if you follow me on Facebook Snapchat TikTok anything you um know that I'm in a relationship and I've been in this relationship for two years um and we're you know obviously coming up on our third year or whatever but I am currently expecting that's why I keep breathing very hard because I am out of breath um I'm expecting a child And after 10 years of just having one child and navigating parenthood, navigating who I am, navigating um, the trauma that I didn't even realize was trauma, it has been brought to my attention, the beauty and the growth that has taken place in my life in these past 10 years. And in the fact that I am expecting right now and I haven't had one moment where I've cried out of fear. I haven't cried out of, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, that was brought to my attention and I was like, oh my gosh, like there is truly so much growth. Like, you know how you can be so busy living life that you don't even realize like, dang, this stuff has changed. Like, it's not what it used to be, right? And um, I, as I was just reflecting on my journey of parenthood um, and preparing to start over, I realized that this is not that. Like, when I was pregnant at 20, I was scared. When I was pregnant at 20, I was nervous. Um, I didn't, I wasn't certain about what was going to happen, what my family, not the one that I came from, but the one that I was creating was going to look like. Um, I didn't know so many things. I didn't even know me. And so being 30 and starting over and being in a healthy environment and a healthy relationship, I feel like this is not that is not just for those that are expecting. I feel like it is for people that find themselves in the same situations years later and they're not the same person, but they're also afraid of being in the same situation. But um, first, I just want to encourage you and let you know that what you endured in that season of your life, it can't be repeated because the person that you are going through the same situation is totally different. That girl, that boy, that man, 
um, or that woman that existed all those years ago isn't the person that's experiencing this now. The person that is experiencing this same situation is navigating it differently because you have different resources, because there's different lessons that you've learned, because there's a different mindset that you've taken on. There's changes that you've deliberately made and you've been intentional about your growth. So I can face the same giant or I can face the same situation, but I can handle it differently. And I'm so um grateful for that to be my testimony and I'm praying that as you you know hear just the lessons and differences that I've recognized throughout this journey in this podcast episode that you'll be able to say oh my gosh I'm not the same girl and though the situation is the same though it's similar I ain't the same person so I will I will I will handle it 10 times differently than I would have 10 years ago right so starting off um One of the lessons that I've recognized or one of the things that I realized about myself is the fact that I have grown to a place where shame does not exist. That's number one. Um, When I got pregnant at 19, I cared. I cared what people thought. I cared how my parents were going to feel. I cared about um, how my family, both extended and immediate family, were going to feel. But at 30, I was so excited to tell my grandma. I was excited to tell my mom. Um, And my partner, Keith was as well. No, my partner. Keith was as well. And um, that was such a beautiful moment for me, y'all, because... First of all, I think that when you're younger, we were raised to people please. We were raised to follow a standard. We were raised to follow a path and a pattern, right? And so the older that I've gotten, the more that I've cared less about people's opinion of me, um, how they feel about what it is that I do, right? And so my son, KJ was born when I was 20 years old and I just remember feeling like, oh my gosh, people are going to think that I'm, um, they're not going to judge me. And honest, they're, they're going to judge me, but I, and I ended up judging myself way more harshly than anybody else ever did. And I want to go back to when I found out I was pregnant, when I found out I was pregnant, I was singing on a praise team, um, at college. I was heavily involved in, um, like, Wovop and that's just like our gospel choir on campus. Um I was heavily, you know, heavy on talking and speaking about church and God and all these things, right? And I remember always saying I never wanted to be a baby mama, I was gonna be a wife. But I did everything it took to get what I said I didn't want. Let that be a lesson. Be mindful of doing everything it takes. Be mindful of doing everything it takes to get exactly what you say you don't want because in the end, you won't have anybody else to blame but yourself. And I remember immediately feeling like I said to myself, I was like, I'm going to hell. Um, when I found out I was pregnant and I was like, because I know that God isn't going to love me anymore because the evidence of my sin is now undeniable like I have a child out of wedlock duh like you're going to hell and I just I condemned myself to hell I condemned myself and I told myself that I wasn't um good enough that my life was over um I just wasn't gonna be anything or anybody and I remember crying so hard when I found out I was pregnant because I was like dang I don't ruin my life like My life is over, right? And I remember having a conversation with my mom, telling her I was pregnant. And I asked her, I didn't know what I was going to do. And she was like, you're going to finish school. That's what you're going to do. And they gave us the whole cliche, you know, um, you ain't the first, you ain't going to be the last. And I heard her, but it still didn't register to me like, um, I'm okay. Like God is still there. I really felt like he had detached himself from me or I had 
this was the ultimate end of our relationship. This was the ultimate end of my life for real. And I remember just feeling like I just couldn't go to church. I quit the gospel choir. Um, I quit the worship team. I stopped going places and I remember just hiding. I didn't want to be seen. I didn't want anybody to even think about whether or not I was pregnant. And I remember at the time people thought that I was pledging because I would not come outside. I would not go like I would go to class and I would come back in my room and I would be there all day. And um, I remember texting my aunt. I was night. I was nineteen, and I was texting my aunt. I was in my um dorm room by myself, and I texted her and I said, "I don't know who I am. How am I supposed to raise a baby?" And she sent me this song, y'all. I will never forget this song. It's by Leah Smith. And it's called Beautifully Made. I want to say that's the name of it. Um, but when I tell y'all that song changed my whole entire outlook on where I was, on what I had going on, on who I could be, um, just on what I was feeling, it spoke directly to me. And I want to find the lyrics. I ain't got to find the lyrics. I can tell the lyrics. It said, I have those days where I look into the mirror. No, I've had those days where I wanted to be someone else. Not good enough, just being me. And I've had those times when I look into the mirror, not happy at all at what I see. Because I don't feel special. I don't feel beautiful. I don't feel smart enough, strong enough, good enough. I feel like nothing at all. But in times like these, I come back to the truth that I have found. I am beautifully and wonderfully made. I am beautifully and wonderfully made. And the second verse is even more deeper into what I was feeling at the moment. And I just needed that to pull me out of the funk that I was in. Granted, I was still hiding from people but it made me feel seen because this song spoke my feelings. Like, I do feel like that. I don't feel seen. I don't feel worthy. And if you've ever been pregnant, especially pregnant at a young age, one of the things you realize is that the people that you thought were your friends are not your friends or they're not going to be around. They're not going to sit in the room with you because you got to sit in a the room. They're not going to be at the hospital with you. Like it's stuff like that. I My life has drastically, my circle, my friend circle, excuse me, my life had drastically changed and my friend circle had drastically changed. Right. So um, anyway, after that song, after my aunt sent me that song, I, it changed my mindset. Um, and it also helped me to see like God still sees me as beautifully and wonderfully made in his eyes, irregardless of me having a child. Like children don't come into this world unless they are sent by him. You know how many times you can have sex and then you not get pregnant and then you finally get pregnant and they'd be like, why would I get pregnant right now? Why? <laughs> but that, that is literally is God. And why, whatever you decide to do with that child, no, no tea, no shade, no judgment, no anything. Whatever you decide to do with that child, that's on you. But those are your decisions. And I made the decision, obviously, to have KJ. Um, but after I had him, y'all, I went through some of the most trying times just trying to figure out who I was and who I needed to be for this kid. And that included me leaving Kim to go back to school. Um, but, at, but, but at first it was me deciding to take a semester off from school. I got to get my sequences together. Um, I decided to take a semester off from school, from college, just to you know be with him. And I ended up working at Walmart. I ended up working at Walmart. I started working at Walmart when I was seven months pregnant. And I literally had to drive at night. Well, I had to, I had to go to work at night. I worked overnight. And I had to drive my grandma's car that had no AC in it. 
Um, in the hot summer, while I was pregnant, y'all, I gave birth to Kidra in August, so that's the hottest month of the, the summer. But just being in a car with no AC, like, yo, it's too hot for that. But my second lesson in me having to work at Walmart, I had to continuously tell myself, this is not the end for me. This is not the end for me. So my second lesson is keep the dream alive. Keep your vision alive. I don't care where you are. I don't care what you are doing. I don't care what your circumstances look like. I don't care what your bank account looks like. Keep the dream alive. If you know that this is not where I want to be for the rest of my life, make the best of where you are and make the rest of your life the best of your life by making decisions to make sure that where you are is temporary. I remember being so embarrassed being the pregnant girl working at Walmart with a huge stomach in front of her standing in front of a register every night and again no shade to nobody no shade to anybody but I was like I can't stay here I don't make enough I can't sustain my life let alone his I can't do this like I I really cannot do this and there were days where I felt like I'm going to be here all for the rest of my life. Like, I'm going to be here for the rest of my life. I'm never going to leave. But those were those were certain setbacks um, and, and, and thoughts that would pop into my mind. But you have to learn how to shut those thoughts down. And you have to recognize when there are people around you that are speaking life into you. Like, it was people that would work at that job to be like, you ain't going to be here for long. Like, that, I, it was a man that used to always tell me that. And I can't remember his name and saved my life. But he was like, you ain't going to be here all, always. Like, you ain't going to always be here. You got too good of a head on your shoulders. You you going to do this. You want to do that. You going to make them stuff happen. And, you know, sometimes old people can be so doubtful and so hateful but that man was always speaking life into me and I truly truly appreciate him for that not that I needed him to speak it into me but it was a reminder that this is not the end for me and so I was so grateful um when I was able to finally go back to coastal um well go back to school period and I ended up going to coastal um I transferred from Winthrop and I went to coastal and while I was at coastal um still driving my grandmother's car I remember being so tired from dealing with an infant at night and doing schoolwork in the day and then traveling from Conway back to Andrews and graciously, Fira lived, my best friend Safira, she lived in Conway at the time. So there were nights where I would just spend a night at her house and my grandma would keep KJ or my mom would keep him um, and I would just go to school from her house, which was literally like 10 minutes down the road. So shout out to my friend because we've been on this journey for a very long time. Like y'all think we just friends and we cute and we laugh and stuff, but no, for real, like we helped each other. She was in school while she was pregnant. I was in school um, after having KJ and we were pregnant around the same time. Um, So yeah, we, we thugged the thing out for them kids. <laughs> Um, but after going to Coastal, I ended up transferring back to Winthrop in the summer before I left. I went back to Walmart and I knew it was temporary then too. Like, I want y'all to understand that the journey is, some of the things that happen on your journey are temporary, but they're necessary. What happens on your journey, and these are most of the time things that you don't like. They're necessary, but they're temporary. So y'all got to keep stick. You got to stick it out. When people be like, keep going, bruh, keep going. I ended up going back to Walmart and that was the funnest summer job ever. Like it wasn't as miserable as it was before. Right? So anyway, I ended up going back to Winthrop, ended up leaving KJ at home. And I, um, I came back periodically obviously to see him I came back on my summer breaks to get him or whatever and the one summer my senior year of college I decided to get an apartment there because I knew that after I moved after I finished college I was not moving back home right um so moving back home not moving back home after I finished college in 2017 shout out to my family my support system KJ support system everybody that helped me I ended up moving back home um, a year later, because things were just so 
bad with KJ's behavior because of him making that transition. And then also me with the job that I was working, me having to leave that job because of KJ's behavior. Um, and just my finances were not in order. So I was like, bro, I got to come back home. I hate it. And I hated it. I hated it that I had to come back home. But this is lesson number three. Sometimes falling back is progress, but it's all about your perspective. Sometimes you got to move back in order to move ahead. That sounds crazy. I know. But sometimes you got to take some steps back. Sometimes you got to experience a setback in order for God to set you up to make an amazing comeback. And one that you never, ever, ever, ever thought what happened to you, right? So getting into the whole aspect of relationship, when KJ and I moved back home, his father and I had been split up. Like I split up with his dad before KJ even turned one. And I was okay with that, right? But when it came to dating, my dating life really wasn't... um it was non-existent due to the fact that I had KJ and Rocky with me and I refused to have people around him. So I was like, I don't want that. So when I moved back home, I moved to my mama's house, right? Um, And again, the setback, it was very much so annoying, but it was also enjoyable because once I started embracing it, I loved the fact that I had so much support from my family um, on both sides, my dad's side, my mama's side. And we live in such a close, tight-knit family that I didn't, you know, have anything to worry about. But the one thing that I struggled with was dating because I live in my mama's house. I don't want to be dating. I don't want to have nobody over there. I didn't know. I just don't want to be doing too much. <laughs> but granted, again, I wasn't dating because KJ was with me every day. So I could like, you know, entertain little conversations here and there or whatnot. And... I began talking to people and one of the things that really irked me about young me was the fact that as I was getting to know myself and learn myself, you go through these stages where it's kind of like attention versus intentions. Like I choose attention over intentions. I, I chose that a lot. And what I mean by that is this, like there are intent, there are, uh, there's attention that dudes give you like, oh my God, you so fine. You so pretty. Um, I like you, man. I want to get to know you, man. Let me take you out that type of attention. Right. But in my mind, I knew that I wanted a boyfriend. However, I never was able to, I didn't want to say identify intentions. I just didn't ask about their intentions so yes you are attentions to me is like a outward attraction but intentions is a um it is an intentional pursuit to know me internally to know about me to learn about my wants my needs my dreams my flaws my um likes my dislikes yeah like i can give you attention dudes can give you attention all day I can be attracted to your outside. I can be attracted to what you what you look like. I can be attracted to your body type. But is he going to be able to handle your inward thoughts? Is he going to be able to handle your insecurities, the things that are on the inside of you that nobody sees? There's this quote that I always um, have always loved ever since I ran into it. And it was, um, you fell in love with my petals, but when... You fell in love with my flowers and my petals, but when winter came, you didn't know what to do with my roots. And if y'all are deep like me, <laughs> you clearly understand that when it's springtime, people love flowers. They love the petals. But when those petals and those leaves and the leaves fall off of the trees, people don't know what to do with the roots because they don't see the beauty in it because they don't realize like, I got to really be invested in this thing. Like, I, oh, I got to water it. I got to talk to it. I got to... um wait for the season to come back around for it to bloom again like it's stuff like that and people don't realize that and for me I didn't realize that I didn't understand the importance of 
intentions. I just fell for the attention, right? And so I just remember trying to date and it not being dating. It was more of like, I'm going to hit you up when I feel like it and I'm going to need for you to be available. And I was like, I really, really was because I didn't understand who I was. I didn't understand the value in me. I didn't understand the beauty and standing in and owning and being proud of just the person that I was. Being able to say no was not a thing for me. Being able to um, have boundaries was not a thing for me. Like if you liked me, I liked you too. Only if you were cute. Um, (laughs) And only if I thought that your lifestyle could bring a change to my lifestyle, not me understanding that the importance of being a human being and being being a person that knows who she is means having your own and standing in it and not allowing your life to be swayed by whether or not somebody approves of who you are or what it is that you do like boy if you don't like me okay like it is what it is this is what I do and don't want I never understood non-negotiables at the time um and I was 20 I was around 21 22 when I really started like trying to date and being back at home right so anywho, um, let's fast forward to me actually going through the self-discovery process and um, recognizing that I actually held the power to determine who gets my energy. Um, it was this guy that I was talking to. No names will be dropped because um, I'm not man bashing, number one. And number two, their names don't matter because, bruh, if you're not my man, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but there was this guy that I was talking to, right? And i never forget, um, he was like, I don't want a relationship right now. I don't want to be nothing. Um, I got a lot going on. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, cool. I don't got to be in a relationship. That's fine. I understand. Thank you for letting me know that that's not what you want, right? So we sneaky Lincoln and is that a word sneaky Lincoln? I don't know. But anyway, we sneaky Lincoln, right? And at some point I get to a point where I don't want to talk every day because we were talking every day. We were sneaky Lincoln and he doesn't want a girlfriend. So I realized that we, we, I didn't want to talk every day. Because I was catching feelings, because we were constantly feeling on each other, duh. So I wasn't the person to be sneaky linking because I realized, like, at that point, I do want a relationship, but I'm going along with his, I don't want a relationship because I don't want to be doing, quote unquote, too much. And I recall him getting mad with me because I had stopped hitting him up every day. And I was just like, didn't you say you don't want a girlfriend? So he went off on me one day and that had really had pissed me off because who is you talking to? And so um, we stopped talking for a couple of months. Like I I went off on dude. This is around the time. If y'all have been following me for a minute or following me on Facebook, this was around the time that we were doing Can We Talk Tuesdays with me and Ahmad. And. Um, I went off on dude that, that night. I said some slick behind stuff again, never said his name, but I said some slick stuff. He caught wind of it and he felt some type of way about it. But at the point, at that point, I didn't care how he felt. So long story short, I ended up blocking him. He ended up finding out that I blocked him. He got mad. He let me know how he felt. It was what it was when I separate ways. And I didn't care. And a couple months went by, he ended up randomly hitting me up. And when he hit me up, it wasn't, oh, no, oh, I want to talk to you. It was like, can I come see you? Trying to sneaky link again. And he ain't even had to try because I was like, you sure can. <laughs> so we ended up meeting up for the last time, y'all. After this dude left my house, he went on Facebook live and went live about how women need to learn how to have boundaries, how... If a dude going to come um, talk to you whenever he feel like it, then that's what he going to do. You don't got to worry about you being nothing else. Blah, 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 blah. Like going in 
on me. And I was just like, wow. <laughs> that thing hurt my feelings, y'all. But don't you know, this might be lesson number four or five. I don't know. What hurts at first is going to help you later. Because I promise you, after that, I ain't talked to nobody else that was one in my vicinity, like in closer, close to me that I could t- like reach. And number two, it wasn't normal sneaky link. Let's talk. Let's blah, 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 blah. It wasn't no more of that. Like I was thankful for that moment. Even after dude tried to play me because honestly, he didn't even had to play me. I played myself and granted, I wasn't catching feelings at the time that we, you know, ended up linking up for the last time. Cause I didn't, I didn't care. But it was the simple fact of you made valid points. You could have just told me that. But and but due to the fact that you didn't tell me that, it's cool because now I know better. Because what you said was true. What you say is true. And what what he said was true. And I realized that the the fact of the matter is he needed I needed that. I needed that wake up call. I needed that reality check because sometimes when you out here and you think like, oh, um, I'm this girl, I'm that girl, or oh, I ain't doing this, I ain't doing that. Like, when somebody really checking you, be like, you really not, you really not that. Like, that thing really caused me to look myself in the mirror and be like, what are you doing? What decisions are you making? Because at the time I said I wanted a boyfriend, I wanted to be in a relationship, and I knew that that was something that I wanted, but I neglected what I wanted because I wanted somebody to want me. And so when you are wanted to, you want to be wanted so bad. You allow things to happen that can alter how you feel because you start changing your language and you're like, oh, no, I mean, I don't want that. If you don't want that, I don't want that neither. I mean, why would I want that? Because it's just too much going on and I have too much and I'm just going to settle for whatever it is that you say that you want because I want you in my life. Don't do that. Don't do that. Like 30 at 31 years old now. Looking back at that girl, she was like 26, 27. I can truly say like, yeah, she, we needed that wake up call for sure. Because I changed my language for somebody who didn't want to do anything, but to be in, in my legs, I changed my language for somebody that just wanted to be in between my legs. And for what, what, for what, but shout out to him for the lesson. I'm not going to lie. So anyway, we, um, that happened. And I just decided that I'm going to be by myself. Like, I don't know if there's anybody that's ever been in a situation where it's like, I don't want to be, I don't want to talk to nobody's son. I don't want nobody's son to look at me. Don't like me, to be honest, just don't like me. And I was at this point and I wasn't mad at anybody. I was like, you really need to evaluate what it is that you are doing, what it is that you want and what, decisions are you going to have to start making in order for you to start manifesting the life that you say that you want um because again KJ is a he's growing um I'm a mom that's single um he has a relationship with his father but at the end of the day it's just like what are you doing what are you what are you doing um right and so I remember feeling like this is where it stops for me. Like this is the end for me as far as dating casually because there's nothing there's nothing casual about having sex with somebody as a sneaky link. There's nothing casual about giving your energy to somebody. That stuff is not casual. That stuff is deep and I think society has made us believe that it is just something that we can do. Like, oh, it don't matter. It's, it, don't, it, it is what it is. Like, oh, nobody wants to be deep no more because nobody's loyal anymore and blah, 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 blah. If you keep having that mindset, absolutely, you're going to continue to attract things and people that have no substance. And then you're wondering why you walking around feeling empty because you keep attracting the things that you believe. If I believe it, I'll receive it. That was my mantra. That was my motto. And so I started believing that what I want exists right? And this is at 27. So I stopped talking to people. 
and I did this exercise with my friend Makia and I don't even the thing about Makia is she don't like to take account she, not accountability she don't like to take responsibility for the stuff that she tell me because she's like I heard this from such and such and such but anyway I'm gonna tell y'all it was Makia that did it for me um if she got another credit to get to somebody else and I guess we just talk about that later but anyway one of the things that I decided to do right I was on the phone with her. I was telling her everything that happened. And she was like, I want you to write down all the people that you have been, been having conversation with or giving your giving your energy to, right? And I have not been messing with all these people, but I was just talking to them or had talked to them because she told me to write everybody everybody down, right? So I wrote down the people that I had given my energy to, whether it was conversation, whether it was sex, whether it was um, texting, anything. And she was like, write their names and then write their relation to you. Like if they're a cut buddy, if they're just a homeboy, if there's somebody you like or somebody you was talking to. And then write on the write why you have kept them in your lives, why y'all have been in communication, why you feel like they're important to you, um, why you feel like the relationship should remain. And when I tell y'all, I went down that list and I was like, Oh, and why they like how they benefit your life too, um, and I went down that list and I was just like, nobody on this list matters. Like in real life, nobody on this list matters. To be honest, like there's nothing that somebody that's on this list has done for me that has been so grand, or some that has done done with me, done for me, done to me that has been so grand that I should have been giving them my energy, like at all and I think when you take the time to actually see who these people are to you and not what they've done to you or done for you um you can actually analyze the purpose of the connection if there needs to be a connection at all right and so um after I did that I was just like, this is, yeah, this is it. So I stopped talking to everybody. I mean, cut off communication. But when I tell y'all, that was the most beautiful time of my life. I was free from worry. I was free from guilt. I was free from feeling like I was obligated to be accessible to people who had no desire nor were they deserving of my energy and I lived baby I lived and I'm not talking about oh I lived like I did it I went on blah 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 I didn't do that I don't know I didn't do that right I had just gotten to a point where dating was what it was and I was okay in my single season I was okay with literally being by myself because I had gotten to a point where I realized that one was a whole number and I had to be whole as an individual before I could ever be partnered with somebody as a mate. And KJ is eight at this time when I am not thinking about a person, not thinking about being in love, not thinking about um, dating. So I've been single at this time, at this point for seven years, this is 2021. And I remember at the beginning of the year, y'all, I'll never forget it. Like I was saying earlier, what you believe you will receive, right? Somewhere in one of my journals, the other day, not the other day, a couple of months ago, I was going through old stuff. I have always been a journaler. I've always written stuff down. And I was flipping through these old journals. And in January, was it January. Yeah, January 2021. I don't know if I was writing down resolutions. I don't know what I was doing. But I remember writing in my journal and it said, um, I refuse to believe that God has every I I refuse to believe that God has somebody for everybody and nobody for me. I remember writing that down blatantly because at that point at 2021, like I said, I wasn't focused on dating, but I had believe I believed in my mind that at one at some point my person would find me. And I didn't know when. I wasn't visualizing them in my head. I wasn't writing a list about, I want this, I want that, I want blah, blah, blah. But I had made me a non-negotiable list of things that I would not accept 
But I stopped thinking about what I didn't want and also started talking about the things that I wanted. I want somebody that does this. I want somebody that has a heart and like this. I want somebody who prays, like all these things, right? Um, because I think that we get caught up and I don't want to, I don't want to do anybody who, who do this. Cause I did that last time. I don't want to do that. And we talk about what we don't want so much that we started attracting that too. So I wanted to focus on what I wanted. And, um, I wrote that down in my journal and then probably in like, I want to say February, March, I remember being on live with Ahmad and Jessica and Ahmad asked me, what kind of man do you want? If you could, if you had the perfect or ideal man, what would that be? Right. So I'm listening to all these things. And he was like, and, and, and let me be clear at this point, this is about, like I said, I'm seven, eight years into being single. And I remember finally getting to a place where I was honest about how I felt because I did a whole lot of soul searching and I realized that I was very silent um, about my emotions and like when it came to love, like I wasn't like a very expressive person when it came to my love life because I didn't really understand how to be soft. Oh, can we talk about soft girl right quick? So soft girl era started for me before soft girl era was a thing, but it wasn't about a soft girl era. It was about being soft in life, which means that I had to take off the armor that I had acquired from all of these years of having to be hard in a relationship because I was with somebody who was emotionally unstable. I was dealing with people who was only giving me sex and I'm like, oh yeah, that's the best sex I've ever had or they're the best. But sis, the thing about it is, you believe that this is they're the best or and not even sexually but they're like the best person ever but the only attachment that you have to them is sexual so yeah you think that the only time we get along is when we have sex yeah because that's the only thing that y'all are doing like that's the only thing that they're giving you is sex so when you are able to actually take off the armor not just with the person but with yourself like I had to sit in the fact that I was defend I was very defensive and I was very um I was very what is the word? It's not sheltered. It's like I was very I cannot think of the word. It was a whole lot of armor around my heart because I wasn't able to use my emotions. So my emotions were suppressed. And the only thing that aroused me was a man being aroused by me. And that was the dynamics of the relationship. But when you take off the armor and you decide that, no, I'm going to walk in this because this is what I want to attract. I don't want to be hard anymore, but I also understand the distinction between giving my energy to everybody and then giving my energy to the person that is my somebody. And so I had gotten to a point, I had gotten to that point. Um, and I was like, I do want this. This is what I want. This is what I'm going to, this is what I'm going to, um, keep at the forefront of my mind. This is what I desire. And I'm not going to allow anybody to sway me or make me feel like, what I want does not exist or what I want is too much. Like, no, I'm standing in the fact and in the promise that this is what I want. And this is what God has for me. Um, so back to, um, what I was saying about me writing this stuff in my journal, being on live with my Jessica, I was on live with them. My asked me, you know, to write, not right to tell them what I want in a man. I started listening to these things, right? And after I was done, he was like, oh, so you want to build a bear and I was, or build a man? And I was like, no, I was like, I don't. But what I want exists. Like I have faith, y'all. I, whoo, I had so much faith in the fact that what I wanted existed. I refused to allow anybody to sway my opinion of that. And this is what you call faith when it comes to whatever you want in life. I not even just about a man because honey, I am not going to sit here and say that I manifested my boyfriend. I'm not, but I'm going to tell you that I believed that I not only wanted that, I believe that I deserved that. So my faith in what I deserved and my actions in not entertaining anybody or anything that was not that was so heavy like I don't I didn't just say I wanted x y and z I ain't talked to nobody that wasn't close to what I said I did what I said I did want so 
If I said I wanted somebody that prayed and you'd be like, I don't even know if I don't know if I believe in God. Cool. I'm going to talk to you and never worry because we ain't got to talk about. And so I was very clear on that. And I was very heavily focused on being by myself and being in God's presence because I refused to accept anything less than what I said I wanted and what I knew I deserved at that point. Because I had convinced myself like, girl, you deserve this because you are this like, yeah. Right. So. I wrote that in my journal. I was on live with them like around March and I went to sing at this wedding in June um, at my cousin's wedding. Shout out to Lena and Quill. And when I sang at their wedding, I met that's where I initially started talking to Keith because I had never I knew of Keith, but I also thought that Keith didn't have a voice that I didn't think he talked. Um, and so when he said something to me, he said to me at the wedding, like, oh, you next? I was like, I didn't know this boy talk. Um, but when he was like, oh, you next? And I was like, no, you don't want a relationship. Like you next. And he was like, no, I'm single. And I was like, oh, so we next just kidding around. But obviously we are, (laughs) we are right. Um, and so being, at this space and in this place now where I am able to be as soft as I need to be, not because of him, not because I have a boyfriend, but because I chose to be soft before he came and to be able to, I I think making that full on decision to rest in my femininity before I got with him before I got with him, um, it allowed me to let him be a man. It allowed me to let him lead. It allowed me to let him take charge, not only of just my life, but my son's life as well and be involved. And when I say that this is not that, um, I want y'all to understand that there was so many trial and errors. There was so much, um, I want this, I think this is going to be, and then it wasn't that. Um, it was so much, uh, I'm never going to allow anybody to be in KJ's life. And there are people, there was one person that he met and I thought, you know, oh, you know, he he's interested, but then it wasn't that. But God has shown me over these past 10 years, like where you are now is not where you were who you are now is not who you were and what you dealt with now or what you dealt with then you won't have to deal with now because this is not that and so I'm grateful that over the past 10 years I've been able to um change my ways change my thinking but God has also changed my mindset and completely changed my life and so being pregnant right now I have not cried a single tear out of fear. I haven't cried a single tear out of worry, out of doubt, um, whether or not we're going to make it or whether or not he's going to be here. I haven't um, worried about, oh, I'm am I going to be taken care of? Is he going to make sure that I'm all right? Like the treatment from this pregnancy to the last one, to the one I had 10 years ago, is completely different, completely different. And I thank God that the um, situation of pregnancy is the same, but the experience is not at all. Um, and I, whew, I'm pregnant and emotional, <laughs> but I'm grateful um, just for the journey. And I think that the beauty and this is that I'm able to give both of my children um, a version of their mom that I wasn't able to give kids by myself because I just was in a different space and in a different place. And also give them a home that um, I didn't, I wasn't able to because I was just so inadequate when it came to finances. I was inadequate and ignorant when it came to what I wanted that household to look like. I just wanted a two-parent household, but I fully understand the importance of healthiness. Um, 
about strength and not length in a relationship. Um, and in the two years that we've been together, people will say, oh, that's a short amount of time. But I am grateful that this man has not told me anything, but shown me everything. And I don't have any worries. I have not worried. I have not stressed. Um, there's been a whole lot of, are you okay? What do you need me to do? I'll do that for you. Sit down. Don't do this. Um, I can rest. I can rest in this promise and in the journey because it was not always like this. Whew, I was traumatized by childbirth. I was traumatized by parenting. I was traumatized by just doing it alone and doing it scared. Um, but I I've have a confidence and a reassurance in doing it over 10 years later. And I'm not afraid. Yes, there's a gap, but I'm not by myself. And y'all, even in the event, because let's be very clear, I'm not telling y'all that my life is perfect. Um, but what I am saying is that is this is purposed and divine. And I and no, we're not no, we're not married um yet. <laughs> no, we haven't, you know, set those vows, but we have a partnership and a connection that God is definitely in the middle of. And I'm so blessed and I'm so grateful for all of the help, the love, the support that I received, not just from Keith, um, but from our families together. And so in conclusion to all that I've said, because I've said so much, my prayer is that ladies and even men who are listening, that you would understand that even if you're faced with a similar situation, you are not the same person that was in that situation before. So do your very, very best to love on yourself. Do your very best to allow yourself to embrace the situation because you're not that person anymore. But make sure that you're not that person anymore. Make sure that your mindset has changed because just because 10 years have gone by, I could have still been the same person. Honestly, I could have still been that same little girl dealing with dealing with somebody who would have put me in the same situation and made me feel heartbroken and, and, and um, worthless and not understanding my, my value and all that other stuff. But but there's so much has transpired from um, 2013 to 2024 that I can thank, look back and thank God for um, that. Though it was painful, it happened and it happened because it was leading me up to this moment. And there's so many more moments to come. I know that my life does not end here, um, but I'm grateful. Like I said, that my daughter is going to grow and to be born into and grow and a family where um, love is definitely shown and known. Um, and I'm grateful that this is not that. I don't have to worry. I don't have to fret. Because though I'm faced with the same situation, I'm not the same at all. So um, that is this episode. I pray that as y'all listen that you get something from it, that you are inspired by it, that it helps you. I hope that y'all make it to the end because this was very, very long. But um, I appreciate y'all. I love y'all so, so much. Um, I thank y'all for listening and supporting. And I pray that y'all continue to do that. And I will see y'all on the next episode of the Shawana Speaks podcast.